Roxo Media House. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purple Theory Podcast. My name is Grant McGalliard. I have alongside with me my co-host, my friend, Parker Fleming. Parker, it's great to see you. Uh, let's get right into it. How was your Christmas, man? Good time? It was uh, It was good. First, uh, first Christmas, the wife and I were kind of um, alone intentionally, which was nice. We got to do our little, little family Christmas and uh, really enjoyed it. It snowed and was super cold right before. So uh, warmed up a little bit on Christmas. We got all of the white Christmas without any of the hazardous weather, which was uh, which was nice. How was uh, how was things down in uh, Bay City? They were great. Yeah, it, it was cold enough to make it feel like Christmas. It was like forty degrees, I think, on Christmas. So um, you know, everybody bundled up and went outside and uh, sat on the porch out at a out of the ranch, and uh, it was a good time, man. You know, saying Silent Night, did everything like that. You know, my family hates Merry Christmas from the family. By Robert O'Keefe. I think I texted you this, it, and it really kind of put a damper. Uh, Is on, it because on, it's too perceptive and too here. reflective of reality, or no? Or it's just they really hate Robert O'Keefe. Uh, and I tried to Why? play them the Mon- Montgomery Gentry version, and they didn't. Uh, it, it didn't make it any better. I don't know. Um, but you know, kind of put a damper on my old time cheer. But besides that, uh, no, it was a great time. Uh, hope everybody listening had a great Christmas as well, Parker. Had there been bowl games, before we get to the Michigan schedule recap, which is what this podcast is, have there been bowl games that have caught your eye so far? I, I can think of one, but if you have any, please let there me There have know. been so many. I mean, we're recording right now as Kansas is just taking this to overtime um, or, or Arkansas is trying to kick field goal here at the end. But uh, that one has been very, very fun. Um I'm trying to think since we last, we last recorded on Wednesday, a week ago. That is correct. That is correct. And so since then, there have been so many good ones. Um, East Carolina and Coastal was very fun until East Carolina pulled away. Uh, uh-huh. Grant, I don't know that we've talked about Baylor and Air Force. Oh, um, that's what I was going to bring up. Uh, which is maybe one of the most <laughs> satisfying ball games of all time, because we said it before. We said it was going to suck. It was going to be super cold playing in TCU Stadium. And buddy, um, Baylor was not ready for the smoke. They did not want the Falcon smoke at all. The only two touchdowns they scored were two minute drills against um, uh-huh. the service Academy, which is, yeah, it's, it was not great. It was not great. Baylor has more losses in TCU stadium uh, than TCU does this year, uh, which is very fun. Um, Air force threw seven times. Am I reading that correctly for 103 yards, uh, which is some efficiency. I, uh, you know, at the wazoo, um, I, I, I really I really get a, a big kick out of Baylor having to brave the winds in Fort Worth at Amon G. Car getting their asses ran over by a service academy triple option team. It it, it really warmed my heart. Um more than watching Christmas vacation, more than watching a Christmas story, just really kind of put me in the in the spirit of the season. So at uh, really the greatest gift, I would say. It really did. I mean, my 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 wife had to be clued in pretty quickly because I was sitting on the couch giggling from drive one. Like drive one, I was like, man, Baylor's having a real bad time tonight. And so I had to fill her in while I was just like, you know, sitting there laughing about this uh, this awful performance. Um, I wouldn't wish it on my uh, worst enemies, uh, but I would wish it on, on Baylor. So. <laughs> but I would wish it on the Baylor Bears. Yeah. Um, we should mention off – uh, off the top, the other Big 12 game, uh, Oklahoma State lost to Wisconsin 24 to 17 in the guaranteed rate bowl. And Mike Gundy said weird things. We don't need to go into the weird things. Um, I will say that the closest Oklahoma State friend that I have, uh, I believe him when I say they are tired of that stuff and they want it to go away. It, it was funny when I think I tweeted this today. It was funny when it was like charming, right? Um, when it was like, I'm a man, I'm 40, it was clever, yeah. it was alternative, and they were winning 10 games. Um, it is not as fun when he's clearly annoyed about just a, 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 a frankly shitty game and a shitty situation with the roster right now. And the fact that he's going to have to do something he doesn't like to do, which is go to the transfer portal to try and flip this roster mm-hmm. over because they are in a very bad spot here. Um, and he's angry about that. And so I can I can separate that out totally and say one dumbass question. Stupid question. Absolutely yeah. deserves 
hey, man, we're not going to talk about this right now. Like, what are you doing? Right. Does not deserve, hey, I'm going to threaten your livelihood, effectively fire you and call you an ass on a national stage. Um, just very dumb, just, just complete dumb, dumb behavior. So whether, whether Gundy was justified in being angry with the question is not anything close to whether Gundy was justified in calling a guy an ass and threatening to take his access away because Gundy was a little, a little red ass after losing an annoying bowl game. It's immaterial. It reminds me, I think I've brought this up, but you know, stepbrothers when they wear the tuxedos to the interview. And then I think Will Ferrell cuts a fart in the middle of it. And the interviewer goes, all right, now the tuxedos kind of seem effed up. It's like, that's what it, it's like. It, like, everything's very fun. And, oh, yeah, you're a character. And then you, like, if you keep losing, it's like, now it seems kind of messed up. And that's, Gundy's found yeah. himself, he is dangerously close to treading into Gary Patterson's zone. I and, think that's fair. Um, it's It's hard because it's like, those are, different but similar situations they are and so i don't yeah, want to be just like oh my gosh arkansas oh i thought he was going to break away for a touchdown there at the end but we're going to overtime um it's kind of Double a situation overtime? where like no single overtime arkansas was driving with 41 seconds oh they were okay they were, all right yeah sorry. parker is um, narrating this game to me for the for the record i, 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 don't I tried have to screen part. share with grant but those no, cops at youtube tv won't let me just annoying um, anyway, Gundy, it's funny when you're winning and when it's like benign with the stuff that's happened with him over the last couple of years, like clearly, dude, you are not, you're not tapping into the vein of what people want out of you. And you're coming across as an angry old person. Um, and maybe he needs to reflect on that and figure out what's going on. But also we can make fun of the media and be like, that was a dumb question. That's oh, uh, that's great. Totally dumb. question. No, it's, it's a completely dumb question. There's no doubt about that, but you can be an ass and win, or you can be nice and lose, but you can't be an ass and lose. And yeah, yeah. you can't also can't lose the guaranteed rate bowl, um, which is not, which I think is the spiritual successor to the cheese bowl. I think it played in a, uh, in chase field. So yes, you know. it, it is, it is, uh, it got, it got bought out. Um, but uh, but it is it is the the uh, the one true cheese it bowl the one true um, I miss the Outback Bowl the one uh, it was Outback and then Russell Athletic and now it's the cheese it bowl it'll never be the cheese it bowl for me it is it is the Outback Bowl I think it was Russell Athletic then Outback because Brian Nanny did the uh, the blooming onion uh, at the Outback like a couple of years ago but I remember it was no, the dude, Russell I feel like that was like 2016 at this point maybe I'm just getting old yeah, and all my it, years are running together it was but I, I swear Russell Athletic was before Outback interesting. But because Russell Athletic hasn't been a brand since 2008 when they sponsored Georgia Tech. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but you know what? Let's let's look yeah. this up. This I, is we fun. need it. The people need for it. all of our listeners. The people need to know this is important. One I can say while Grant looks this up. And it's a Big 12 bowl tie in. Outback bowl. And it's Outback the bowl is. Go ahead. Re- really, a quest bowl is um, interesting. Okay. Reli- uh, I think that's ReliaQuest. ReliaQuest. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 that's fair. Um, it was the Outback Steakhouse Bowl from 1996 to 2002. So the Cheez-It Bowl is a different thing now. Anyway, okay. Only until 2002? No, sorry, 2022. It, 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 oh. The Cheez-It Bowl is now a different thing. There's a whole... Okay, it was formerly... You're right. The Cheez-It Bowl was the Russell Athletic Bowl from 2012 to 2016. It was in the Camping World Bowl. Then it was the Cheez-It Bowl, but it moved around a bunch. There's also the Micron PC Bowl, the Champ Sports Bowl, the Blockbuster Bowl, the Mazda Bowl, the Florida Tourism Bowl. Very interesting. Anyway, none of this is important. but I would never call it the Florida Tourism Bowl. I would call it the Come to Florida Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Just call it the Disney World Bowl. Come to Florida. This is all we have. Um, um, I'm pretty sure you would have to pay. I'm pretty sure whoever runs that bowl would have to pay Disney to be able like normally bowl sponsors pay to have their naming rights, but with Disney it would be the opposite. It's like, they would make you pay to have them associated with the football game. <laughs> please, please let us pay you a million dollars to use your name. So we don't sound like it. Well, Disney's also, Disney also owns ESPN. That is an incestuous relationship. Um, there is one other bowl game. I do want to talk about Parker. Please. New Mexico State beat Bowling Green 24 to 19 in the Quick Lane Bowl. Jerry Kill. The fighting Jerry Kill. I mean, what the hell, man? 
he wasn't bad at Minnesota before he had some no, health he issues wasn't. and then kind of went crazy with the, I, I, I shouldn't say went crazy. The whole Tracy Clay's thing was weird at Minnesota yes. and like the him and PJ Fleck drama and, and Jerry kill was involved in some way. It just, it's, it's gross to me, but um, he got out. That's great. And he um, got his health together yep. and um, took a bunch of guys. I'm trying to remember like everybody who went over, um, Monty Watkins like transferred over. Yeah. I think Chad Glasgow is over there. Garrett Altman, who is an offensive line guy, is over Tim there with Beck him from TCU. Is over there. Tim Beck from Penn State or from Pitt State, not from NC State. Uh, the other Tim Beck, who is an offensive analyst, is over there. So we took a bunch of guys that that clearly weren't going to have a job at TCU and kind of said, Hey, if we just, you know, if we just do things right, I think we could build a program here. They're about to join the CUSA. They're in a good spot, man. They're in a good spot. The Purple Theory podcast has no ill will to kill. Um, and I, I, I'm I think I've said multiple times on the podcast that uh, Northwestern New Mexico is underrated. What city are they in? I forget. I thought they're okay. So I'm going to mess up. New Mexico. No, I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. New Mexico State are in Las Cruces and Albuquerque. I thought New Mexico State was in Albuquerque. Okay, I think you might be right. I um I need to do the Sporkle quiz where you name all the uh all the college towns again, but um. Yeah, I, I, I've, never, I've never been to North Mes- Northwestern Mexico. No, they're in Las Cruces. So in Las New Cruces. Mexico okay. is in Albuquerque, I think, right there. So maybe I have gotcha. that wrong. This map is very confusing. Anyway, Albuquerque, shout out to uh shout out to the Little Bear Coffee Shop in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Shout out to Breaking Bad. Parker, maybe not, maybe don't know this. Las Cruces, Spanish for the crosses. Oh. How about that? Parker, disagree. Let's is it not? <laughs> no, no that's just a dumb. Okay, I wasn't sorry, gonna like no, actually I, say this stupid no, anger man joke where he talks about what San Diego is no, for, San but Diago I was like kind of vaguely reference it. Um, this podcast is great. We've been going for like 30 minutes at this point. <laughs> no, we've been going for 10. The, the we, we've only been recording for 10. Um, this is the most talk... bantery banter uh, I know, to begin I know. A podcast. It, and Grant, I, I think that's season. good in our in our second to last game preview of the season. Here yes. I did there. See what I did there. Second yeah, to last game preview there. of the season. I, I'm happy to be loose. I'm happy to be, you know, I feel like I've stretched out a little bit and ready to uh, just be optimistic about TCU, whether that's warranted or not. We're going to talk about the Michigan Wolverines, I assume. Parker, let's get into it. I, I, I am very nervous, if I'm being honest. But we have talked about the Michigan Wolverines offense. We've talked about their defense. What we're going to do now is kind of run through the schedule, find any outliers, find anything maybe that TC fans can take uh, heart in, and teams that succeeded against Michigan, take knowledge in in ways that Michigan succeeded, um, and just kind of get a better feel for what the Wolverines have done this season. So, Parker, if it's okay with you, do you want to lay out parameters? Is that okay? Do you want to talk about kind of the metrics we'll be using for um, for this? Because I, I have one, and it's yours, but I'm very excited to talk about it. So what are we going to do here? Grant, all metrics are mine. I think that's the important lesson from the Purple Theory podcast. Um, I did not say that, and that is egotistic. Go ahead. In the in the beginning, Parker invented analytics. Um that was a Bible joke for those of you listening at home. I think Grant just walked off the screen after that. <laughs> He's going to cut that. There's tape. no way that's going to stay in. <laughs> I got the screw tape letters for Christmas, and and, and I, I think it directly addresses that. Anyway, go ahead. Um. Yeah. So so uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple things. I think one, I would, I uh, we just want to do some kind of uh, first principles basics. We've done the offense. We've done the defense. Um, I've gotten told by multiple people that I should watch the games uh, based on those those um, previews. And so uh, I, grass, I continue nerd. to say we'll never watch the games, go outside. Um, but two, I, I, so I want to look at the PFF grades, which again are only, I, I think they're only good as kind of a consistent measure of like how you did over the course of the season because the same person's watching you over the course of the season. So we'll, we'll read mm-hmm. those off. We'll kind of talk about the, the, the pros and cons of how they did against their different opponents, uh, potentially look at where they struggled and how they struggled. Um, I also want to look at uh, we'll look at total EPA expected points added, which is just going to say the the value you created on offense and the value you created on defense. How did that look relative to the final score? Because that's going to be informative. Did you get lucky? Did you did you um, did you really struggle? Was it was it this bad? And, and segueing there, we'll also look at net success rate. I do a chart every week that I should update for bowl season um, called "Did we really beat get beat that bad?" And it looks at net success rate. Grant success rate is just. Did I have positive EPA on this play? Did I increase my team's 
expected points on this play, yes or no, one or zero. It doesn't account for explosive plays, right? Just says that was a play that increased my value. And what yep. happens is that that's really, really stable and really predictive about the down-to-down business of conducting football and being successful at football. And so when you look at a game, you can compare the final score and you can compare the net success rate. It's a little bit of an improvement on my friend Rob Bowron at the beta rank. Um, I'm sure you're following him on him on Twitter. If you're listening to this, um, he has some great numbers. He always talks about look at yards per play and turnovers. And if those don't match up, you'll explain the final score. Net success rate kind of similar. We can say, hey, was it you know special teams? Was it turnovers? Was it explosives? that that really changed the course of the game, which are things we would not expect to be stable over and over again. If those teams played again, we wouldn't expect those teams to perform that same way. Or was it the down-to-down business of football? Did we just run over you? And uh, that would be predictive. Uh, we'd expect that to trans uh, translate to future success. So let's table set. I'm going to read the caveman score and a little bit of the box score just some base level stats and also i have parker's uh did we get beat that bad stats uh parker is going to fill in the blanks with all the stuff that uh i don't understand and then i have a special guest that is going to weigh in uh via text uh for the purdue game the b10 championship game but parker let's start on with the colorado state rams the first game of Michigan season, a 51 to seven ass kicking in Ann Arbor. Uh, Colorado did not stand a chance during this game. Uh, it was just, like I said, a complete ass kicking. Cade McNamara was a starting quarterback, went nine of 18 for 136 yards and a touchdown. Blake Corum, who is not playing against Texas, uh, or against TCU, uh, 13 attempts, 80 yards, uh, one touchdown. It was just a total ass kicking. I don't know how much we can learn from this game because uh, Colorado State was very bad and this was a cupcake game for Michigan. But Parker, what do you have here? Um, uh, In terms of total EPA, uh, Michigan added 23.4 total expected points. They uh, held Colorado State to negative 3.15 for a net EPA of 26.5. The final margin there was, of course... Um, what is that? 44 points overall. Um, I don't expect me to do math, man. I don't, I don't, I was I don't told know. there would be, yeah, I was told there wouldn't be, I was told there wouldn't either. be math in this thing. Um, and, and this one went to garbage time very, very quickly. I don't know. There's a lot to glean there other than, uh, kind of a narrative we'll see over these next three games. Michigan can beat up on inferior opponents. We look at this Colorado state game. Um, they, 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 they went three for 10 on third down. Um, yeah, they didn't need to and, convert third downs. And they didn't need to do anything else. Yeah, they didn't need third downs. They went 234 rushing yards compared to Colorado State's um, 84 rushing yards total there. So uh, just just an absolute beatdown. Um, fun fact, Alan Bowman was 5 of 6 for 40 yards in this game. That's Texas Tech. Oh, for Alan uh, 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 Kansas won. What happened? Oh, I turned Kansas. away for a second. Did Arkansas go for two and miss it? Uh, no, they didn't score. Jalen Daniels just ran for a touchdown. 44-38 final Kansas. Did they wait? No, Arkansas just scored a touchdown in overtime to make it 45-44. Oh, okay. 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 Sorry. 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 No, Jalen Daniels scored a touchdown. I think you're behind. Okay. Oof. Okay. Sorry. 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 But Arkansas is about to go for two, I think. Okay, that is that is bad uh, journalism on my on my fault. I apologize. Anyway, okay, back to what you're saying about Alan Bowman randomly throwing passes for Michigan in this yeah. year. Sorry, Parker, um, I didn't mean to throw a wrench into this. I misread the final score. That's why I'm totally, no longer a journalist, folks. Yeah, totally fine. Four four rushing touchdowns, one passing touchdown. I will say, in terms of my model, in terms of efficiency. Um, I don't really reward teams who run over bad teams, right? And so they didn't pass a well there which is certainly something interesting. So here's the deal. I think that's what Michigan did for like the first 10 weeks of their schedule, but we will get into that. And especially because Parker the next week against Hawaii, which was a 56 to 10 ass kicking, you had it ranked as the biggest ass kicking of the week. And the, did we really get that, uh, get beat that bad metrics? Uh, 
again, JJ McCarthy threw 12 times. He was 11 of 12, which is great, but they also ran for 285 yards on 33 attempts and only threw the ball 17 times. Um, they just kind of leaned on their strength. Yes. Um, and that, that's really what it comes down to with like the, um, the, the kind of not rewarding rushing is like, if you're, we'll talk about this with the Penn state game, I think in, in, in a lot clearer detail as we kind of move through this, but just saying, Hey, if you're just really, really good at one thing and the other team's really bad at it, and you just absolutely blast them on it in a predictive kind of forward thinking sense, that's really not going to, um, that's not going to translate to future success necessarily. Yeah, and then so let's move on to UConn and the military appreciation game. Uh, fun fact, 59 to nothing. Now, granted, this is a bowl-eligible, bowl-participating UConn team, which we I'm at the pretty sure the podcast, spread on this was like 58 and a half. And they covered because uh, yeah. it was 59 to nothing. Um, in that game, uh, let me make sure I get this correct. They threw the ball 26 times, although 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, through excuse me six people do passes including andy maddox who is not a real person and they ran the ball 43 times for 210 yards and six touchdowns again you're since you're sensing a theme here this was the second biggest ass kicking of the week behind georgia beating south carolina which was a, a sights that nobody should see uh michigan coasted through their non-conference schedule tcu did the same and really almost lost to smu so can argue, but eh, Michigan didn't schedule anybody at a conference. They didn't. And uh, the net EPA in the Connecticut game, we're not, we didn't read the PFF grades. We got to do that too. I'll do that for the non Okay. No, 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 I, I can, I can um, read that. That's fine. But the net EPA was 53.3. So like this was an oh, honest Christ. to God, like it was Ass as bad kidding. as it seemed overall. Um, okay. Overall grade against Colorado State, 89.8 against Hawaii, mm-hmm. 94.1 against Connecticut, 92.5. Grant, what does that mean? That means that given who they were playing and given what they asked their players to do um, and given what a certain person has a standard for, um, they, they, they did all those things relatively well. Um, interestingly enough, against Colorado State, their pass game, only a 51.8 uh, pass uh, passer rating, or not passer rating, passing grade, and a 48.8 run block. Uh, excuse me, hmm. I'm not talking at all. 48.8 pass block grade. So very bad pass block. You can see why they ran so much because um, the offense really struggled. Uh, against Hawaii, that kind of that it looked a little sloppy too. 53.7 uh, pass block grade against Hawaii the next week. I, 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 I do think... As much as I respect PFF grades and Lord knows I lean on them, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, Cade McNamara was starting at quarterback and not J.J. McCarthy. I and think so that's probably McCarthy fair. McCarthy probably made the line look a little bit better. Maryland was the first actual test for Michigan. Michigan went 34 to 27, but it was not necessarily an easy game. Uh, they were up for sure. It was 24 to 19 uh, with nine minutes and 10 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Michigan pulled away kind of at the end to make it look a little bit better. McCarthy was 18 of 26, two touchdowns, no picks, uh, 220 yards. And they ran for a further 243 yards on, or excuse me, 270 yards on 40 carries. Uh, but this, I guess, was the first time really that Michigan faced an actual opponent. And they didn't, you know, didn't blow anybody away. Your, your asking metric, as I like to call it, uh, had it pretty close. And in total EPA, uh, net EPA, this was their second closest game of the season. Only a 4.78 net EPA separation there for hmm. um, for Michigan against Maryland, um, which is weird. You can point out some deficiencies. Again, I like this pass or I like this um, PFF grade, especially like the whole season overview, because they put these little colors next to number. You can kind of look at a row and be yeah. like, what was good? What was bad? The passing 50.2 grade. Um, their pass blocking was at 89.1. Clearly they don't know what they need out of their quarterback and don't know how to make it happen. Um, also of note, Maryland, not a great run team. One of Michigan's worst rushing performances, 74.6 grade there as well. So certainly some ideas of a team that can, um, how a team could potentially attack Michigan and where these hypothetical weaknesses might be. Yeah. I think make Michigan pass is kind of the uh, 
kind of the overarching theme here, but we we will get to that as well. Make we talked about this with the offense safe. a little bit. It's just like, did. J, like I'm not worried about JJ McCarthy scrambling. I think the over under no. today on the Bet US show, someone asked about it. His over under a rushing yards is 14. It's so similar to the damn Texas game. Um, yes, because in the way that they're operating, it's like, Hey, TCU is not TCU is just going to be able to pin their ears back and go after him and not worry about, um, you know, JJ McCarthy getting out of the pocket. They're going to be able to do exactly what, uh, Jamoy Hodge and Johnny Hodges did really, really well and kind of get there. And, and, and if you can disrupt that passing game, I think you can really, really annoy this Michigan team. This might be the Dylan Horton game. Parker. Let's let let's blow through Dylan a couple Horton of games. Game. I, I love a good Dylan Horton game. Let's blow through these next two real quick before we get to Penn State. Iowa was a twenty-seven to fourteen win for Michigan. Iowa is one of the worst football teams we've ever seen, and I understand that their record does not reflect that. Trust me when I tell you they're one of the worst football games we've ever seen. Michigan somehow allowed one hundred and fifty-five yards. Excuse me, two hundred and forty-six yards to Spencer Peters. On 21 of 31 complete uh, attempts. And that only 35 rushing yards. They shut down I the know. rush yards, and Spencer Petrus was able to just get yeah, in their Tear business. them apart. That should not um, be allowed. Michigan had a 50 coverage grade, 50.0 coverage grade in the Iowa Against game, which Iowa. is their worst of their season by a solid 12 points. Um, if, Brian very, very tearing, if Brian Ferentz is tearing you apart, imagine what Garrett Riley can do. This is me being optimistic. I'm just telling you that's a data point to watch. Um, against any well, and that was a so that was a 13, that was a 13 point game, and yep. it was a 12.9 EPA difference. But you look and no turnovers, penalties were even. It legitimately was Iowa just shooting themselves in the foot, not able to because score. They were down 13 to zero at the half. They didn't score until a short field in the second half, just because. Iowa, they uh, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, um, and then a late garbage touchdown. So that that game right there is 100%. Iowa couldn't even function on offense, and they still were able to move the ball. They just couldn't. They just couldn't, you know, twist the knife at all or, or it's, capitalize it's, on scoring opportunities. Iowa being Iowa is essentially what that was. Um, at Indiana, Michigan won 31 to 10. Uh, McCarthy had a great game, 28 to 36, 304, three touchdowns, one pick. They still ran the ball more than they threw. They ran 40 times, scored a touchdown. Again, that was Blake Corum, uh, who was not playing, but Donovan Edwards, who we talked about, was, I think, seven attempts, 20 rushing yards. They allowed uh, 203 yards from Connor Basilak, uh, the uh, Indiana quarterback, uh, also stacked his ass seven times, which is – terrifying to be honest with you um but that was just your typical hey we're a good team this is not a good team let's beat them game yeah i I think this is a take care of business situation 31 to 10 is a little bit underwhelming but few possessions very very meaty game uh the net epa here was 39.1 because indiana had negative 21.5 epa oh jesus christ Um, and so i think a common theme of games that we're seeing against We'll call the first, what is this? One, two, three, four. Yeah, we'll call the first six games bad opponents. Even Iowa. Yes. I think we'll just call this bad opponents. And what we're seeing is that Michigan did enough to win against bad opponents and capitalized when bad opponents shot themselves in the foot. I think that's completely fair. I, I think Michigan was like a dormant team for the first six weeks. It's like, hey, let's move through it. Let's get to like our actual first opponent and then we'll start focusing um, which the first real opponent was Penn State, uh, number 10 of the country when Michigan played them. Credit to Michigan, they beat the shit out of Penn State. Uh, what was uh, 41 to 17? You had it ranked as the third, fourth biggest ass kicking of the. Yes. Um, and overall, they kicked a field goal. They kicked a field goal. They had a touchdown. They threw an interception for a touchdown, a pick six, and a field goal. They were only up 16 to 14 at the half. Grant, Michigan, kind of second half team. Uh, four plays, 81 yards for a touchdown. One play, 61 yards. Blake Corm run for a touchdown. Another field goal, a touchdown. Six plays on 47 yards in the end of the game. They absolutely just pulled us, pulled away in the second half because they were able to run against this Penn State team. They saw something they liked. Um Donovan Edwards had a 67 yard run in that game as well. Um, and so those, those big plays really, really uh, a theme of Michigan season. I think it, we're going to talk about the Ohio state game is in the second half. 
saying, hey, we liked something on film. We can put our athletes in a position to get this big, big play and, and separate in the second half. So props to them. I think it's worth saying because TCU has been so good at, you know, halftime adjustments, quote unquote. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that in the offseason. But um, they they have been so good in the second half. Michigan as well has been really, really good. This is a 16 to 14 game that ended up 41 to 17. And, and Penn State's only score was on the first drive, the scripted drive out of the half. Yeah, it was an ass kicking. Um, and then they rolled that into Michigan State the next week, uh, 29 to 7. Michigan State scored in the first quarter, did not score the rest of the game. Blake Quorum had 177 passing yards. JJ McCarthy had 167, excuse me, Blake Quorum 177 rushing yards. JJ McCarthy had 167 passing yards. Again, I am not scared of JJ McCarthy, but I am scared of the Michigan running attack, no matter who is in the backfield um you had this ranked let me make sure i get that correctly um as a as a decent beating it wasn't anything special um kind of mid 21 so. 21.6 net epa here michigan had 17.1 total to negative 4.55 for michigan state um including michigan state with an interception towards the end of the game there so certainly a big um a big differential um Michigan State, not very good, though. Again, we're talking no, about you got to play Penn team. State. You were beat up, but very, very bad against uh, a very, very bad team in Michigan State. Um, I am contractually obligated to say uh, I am simultaneously just so proud of Mel Tucker for securing the bag and <laughs> um, appalled at Michigan State for paying the man like that, uh, given what he's done. <laughs> I mean, the man basically took one phone call from LSU and got you know, became a, a generational multimillionaire. <laughs> we should all be so lucky. Uh, I, I'm I, in the wrong line of work. This is on me. If Michigan State calls, I will take the bag. I can go ahead and guarantee you that. Uh, the next week, the played Rutgers, it was 52 to 17. Parker, I, can we pause here for a minute to ask you a question? We can. The big game was kind of bad outside As of we're like Michigan at all these teams. State. You're like, man, overall, um, not, not an excellent slate of teams. It's like Michigan, Ohio state, and then very clearly third of, um, Penn state. Mm. And then the West is just a damn disaster. Um, yeah, there's, there's just not a lot of, um, not, not a lot of upside, not a lot of, not a high ceiling in the West, um, for, for yeah. the, uh, for the big time. I mean, Wisconsin's fine. Um, but they were playing with the interim coach for most of the season, uh, Minnesota, God love PJ Fleck, but let's be honest, not necessarily that great. Illinois, we'll get to them in a minute. I, I, I they just were hurt. I, they were hurt. Minnesota was hurt a lot too. And they so, were, but again, they that, were. that just that just made their quality worse. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I just I, I I really hate like conference quality arguments, um, just because I've been on the other side of it as you have for so long for the Big Twelve, and I think that's kind of like. It's not a fair way to evaluate, like evaluate a team because you play who you play on your schedule and you play who is in your conference. With that said, Michigan has not played a ton of quality football teams this year. This a little bit reminds me of mm-hmm. the, I believe it was 2017, Oklahoma State had scored like 500 points in the first four games. <laughs> yep. And TC went up there and Gundy literally said, I don't know what anyone would do to stop our offense. Uh, speaking of Gundy nonsense. And, and they just hadn't played, they hadn't had to play four quarters of football. Um, yeah. Michigan hasn't had to play four quarters of football except once this season against Illinois. And we can, we'll spend most of our time. I think, uh, most of the rest of our time here on that Illinois game, but yeah, um, Michigan has either piddled around in the first half, found an advantage and exploited it in the second half and then just sat back or, um, they've gotten up big and not had to do anything serious over the rest of the course of the game. I think that's yeah. fair. I think that's fair. Um, Michigan against uh, records for the record was the sixth biggest ass kicking of the week. Uh, excuse me, seventh biggest. I just wanted to point out Notre Dame uh, over Clemson was the fourth, and I find that very funny uh, because Clemson has annoyed me. Um, we now get to Parker, the Nebraska game. Nebraska, 34 to three. I don't have much to say about this. If we're being honest with you, it was the third biggest ass kicking of the week. Uh, but again, if you look at what type of game it was, Michigan threw the ball 10, uh, 20 times and they ran it 49 times. That is yep. Michigan football. Uh, 28, 28.2 net EPA total there. 
So yeah, very, very, very big uh, beat. And, and and again, Grant, you you know this, so I'm not I'm not telling you this. I'm just saying this out loud for the general notification. When you're up, you can run the ball a lot more. And so yep. Michigan yep. does want to run the ball. I think they're 115th in rush rate over expected without looking at my graphic. Um, meaning, you know, based on down distance yard line, they're they're running um more <laughs> yeah. than almost anyone. Um, but when you're up, you also, you also run more. And so that influences yeah. the number Just of, a of rushes. run clock and, and, and remove, uh, yeah. Parker, um, uh, for $5, can you tell me who was Nebraska's passing and rushing leader in that game? Okay. Hold on. I want to say Zeb Noland, but I know that's just a meme. It was Chuba Purdy. <laughs> it was Chuba Purdy. Six of 12 for 56 yards and five of four, uh, five rushing attempts <laughs> for $40. I don't have your Venmo, so I'm not going to pay you. Uh, we that's then fine. Just put it on the tab. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we did have a good run going where when we went to, um, what was it? Fat grass in Bay City. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. Across the street. Yeah. Fat grass. Yeah. And, uh, and I paid for dinner and then you Venmo me and I Venmo you back $1 more. <laughs> and we went <laughs> back and forth for a little bit until we settled that bill. But, uh, I don't think we need to replay that. Yeah. 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 Fat grass, uh, Matagorda County where I live. That's uh, the Spanish translation. Uh, fat grass. There you go. Illinois. 19 to 17 on senior day, no less for the Michigan Wolverines. Parker, Michigan is a good team. Illinois, I don't think is actually a good team. Okay. Illinois has a hate and ass defense. They do. But they also they, have Chase Brown. So they have two things that Iowa didn't, for instance. They had uh-huh. Chase Brown, who is just an, uh, a go go gadget guy. Sure. And they have uh, Tommy DeVito, who who doesn't make stupid plays. He doesn't make good plays. That's true. But he doesn't make stupid plays. He's not gonna he's not gonna break you in half. Um. Yeah this this game again seven to three at the half. Michigan wins nineteen to seventeen. So still a second half kind of um, not necessarily separation, but they closed out the deal. Um. I mean, Illinois had what was this fourth and first and ten at the Michigan thirty five. Up 17 to 13, didn't get any points out of it. A field yeah. goal there would have won the game, although hindsight is 2020. Um, and Michigan just drove, they ran the ball um very, very well. But they 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 really in those last two drives relied on JJ McCarthy. The 27 yard pass, 11 yard pass, five yard pass, uh, nine yard pass, and they kick a field goal. And then in that last kind of game-winning drive, three yard pass, uh, eight yard pass, they got a pass interference five yard pass and then a field goal there as well. So that, that to me is kind of the, when stuff hits the fan, they're going to rely on JJ McCarthy and, and, and trust him to, to get their, you know, get, get yeah. save them from the fire. But again, that's a very small sample size. The only time they've had to do that all season, they had a negative net EPA in this game. The only yes, one season, negative 0.111. Uh, there's, there's uh, two, I think. That bad? Ne- yeah. Oh, not, there's not two. net success rate. Net okay. EPA. Negative EPA. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Sorry. Gotcha. Yep. No, no, no. That's my fault. Um, you're right. They, they did rely on McCarthy. I will point out he was 18 of 34 for 208. They still ran the ball more than they threw. They ran the ball 40 times for 178 yards. Now, listen, I, Illinois is a really good defense. Um, I think they're very aggressive. I like what they do with kind of the um, almost kind of like a bear front, um, but just very like at the line of scrimmage, hey, we're going to beat the shit out of you type defense. Um this game is kind of like the fly in Michigan's ointment. And while I know TCU has about six of them, um, I, this game is the one that kind of gives me pause to be like, Michigan is beatable. That does not mean Michigan's going to, or TCU is going to beat Michigan. It means that Michigan is beatable. It, it um, does. And it, and it means that uh, like, there's a blueprint, right? Like, yeah. The, again, TCU won a game where they played a very physical run game. And they absolutely mucked that up and forced a quarterback who who might not be the most gifted passer to try and beat them. He couldn't, and they pulled it out. I think TCU has much better offensive weapons than Illinois, uh, although their defense is not as good. But that's definitely the blueprint is, can I muck up the run game with a backup with Donovan Edwards, who we've talked about is into different degrees, might be good, might not be good. Um well, let me phrase that. Might be great, might not be great. He's definitely good. Yeah, and he's good. Can they can they muck that up and force McCarthy to beat them? I think that's really where this comes down to. Yeah, it's JJ McCarthy beat you. And listen, as we 
transition into the last game in the regular season schedule, J.J. McCarthy beat Ohio State. J.J. McCarthy was great against Ohio State. I watched all of that game. He was fantastic. Now, his receivers were running wide open, and I think a lot of that is credit to Michigan's offensive staff. But J.J. McCarthy had his best game of the year, 12 of 24 for 263 yards. I don't know off the top of my head what that means in uh, yards per completion, but it looks like it's about 20-something yards per completion, uh, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. You look at the PFF grade. Um 60.7 pass, but again, that doesn't take into account efficiency. Um, and they they threw the ball 35 times. They excuse me, they threw the ball 25 times, they ran it 35. But Donovan Edwards had 22 attempts for 220 yards and two touchdowns. Everything was working against Ohio State. That that was, I think, more than anything, a reckoning. That was a it hey, definitely... we are a really good team, and and like we're gonna win this game by hooker by crook. Yes, and and again, you have that halftime twenty to seventeen, and then Michigan pulls away, absolutely yep. blows up in the second half, flips the game script, um, and Michigan missed a field goal in the second half. So like it, it theoretically it could have been worse, um, but they scored and forced two punts and scored again, and then never looked back. Those last couple of touchdowns were a one play, um, seventy five yard run, and then another eighty five yard run from Donovan Edwards. Those two were very much kind of late game, just missed a tackle and he got open. Remember we talked about the difference between a 25 yard touchdown run and an 82 yard touchdown run is often uh, that one of them was located 82 yards away from the end zone. One was located 25 yards away from the end zone. So that's not to take away from that to say like the magnitude of those is definitely different. I think outside of about five plays. And if you, you know, talking about the, the beat that bad, uh, Michigan averaged like three yards of play outside of these five explosive plays. And that's what really put Ohio state in, in the trenches there on, on the defense side of the ball. Ohio State had a higher net success rate per your metrics. Um, yep. But Michigan was just more explosive and took advantage of things, stopped Ohio State when they needed to. A couple of pass interference calls that maybe could have gone a certain way, but that's nothing to hear there. I don't get too torn up on that. That's how football goes. Um, but so, Parker, let's go to the Big Ten championship game against Purdue, which was a 43-22 to 22 win for Michigan. Parker, I am going to bring in a special guest, if you don't mind. Via text. He gave me permission to read this. Okay. Our mutual friend, Shayhan J. Araja. Enemy, of the, enemy of the podcast. CBS sports writer. Is he had a great take. This game? Sorry, tell me anything. Uh, he might. I don't know. I need to talk to him. Uh, Southwest is very weird. Who knows? Oh. Um, he, uh, he had a great take that TCU is Purdue, but better in every facet. And Purdue gave Michigan a lot of fits. Okay, I disagree with that entirely, and here's why. That's fine. Um, because Purdue cannot and does not run the ball effectively. Purdue okay. chooses to not run the ball, and they cannot run the ball when they choose to. Um, okay. And so I think that the fundamental shift is like, it is a little bit of that distinction between like air raid, power raid, but hmm. it is that TCU has a very physical, very successful run game. It's not like they're better. It's not like they're they're the same as Purdue, but they have a better run game. It's like their offense is built on a run game that Purdue can't even sniff. I, I think it's more that Purdue is designed to be annoying, and TCU is also designed to be annoying in different ways. Sure. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Can I speak to Shayhan's thoughts? Because he gave me permission, and it's fun to have a. Please no, keep going. I was just, I was just interjecting. No, 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 no. That's totally fine. I just he gave me permission, and I need to attribute this to yes, yes. Purdue gun Michigan by seventy yards. Aiden O'Connell threw for three hundred sixty-six yards. They had five drives of ten plays or more. They converted nine third downs. Charlie Jones had thirteen catches for one hundred sixty, one hundred sixty-two yards. The running back had a couple of rumbling carries to keep the chains moving, and they kept JJ McCarthy inefficient, which I think is really key. I think TCU can do all that stuff, but even better. Duggan can be productive. QJ can be an unbeatable matchup. Kendra Miller can keep the chains moving. And TCU's corners are good enough to cause McCarthy more issues than Purdue. Ultimately, it'll come down to converting in the red zone, converting on third down, and not turning the ball over. Purdue lost because they were absolutely god-awful in the red zone. TCU's got to be better with Duggan. Michigan against Purdue had a 92.1 overall game. Uh, uh-huh. According to PFF, their worst ad- attribute was their run blocking, 66.2. Mm-hmm. Um, on defense, they had a 78.7 coverage grade, which is their, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh worst game of the season. 
Um, and so I think that they are certainly beatable. If we look at this game in terms of like the play by play, um, again, at halftime, 13 to 14, Michigan, Michigan makes an adjustment. They have a five play 70 yard drive, a two play 67 yard drive. Um, and then Purdue throws the game ceiling interception where they're down 28 to 13, even though they score again, it's never really that close in Michigan distance, yeah. distance themselves. So I think that the lesson we can learn, I think those are fair thoughts of TCU presents matchup and physicality differences yep. that Purdue certainly cannot. Um, but a lot of teams beat themselves in the second half against Michigan. Um, they they do. They let them come out of the half and have a dominant drive. They give up big plays. Maybe that's a fatigue thing. If you want to argue about establishing the run, we can do that this offseason. But um, I do think that's Michigan's plan so is to um, is to play hard nose, find the advantage, and exploit it in the second half, um, which is interesting because I think the TCU has been caught off guard in a couple games and recovered very nicely. Um, this, this season, which gives a really nice, in addition to, uh, because again, I think the narrative is about physicality or overblown given what TCU's seen against Kansas state and against Texas, for instance. Um, but I do think the narratives about game state are not overblown that, that Michigan is, has been able to cultivate a favorable game state in the second half, whereas TCU has had to, so Michigan has been close at the half and then pulled away. TCU has legitimately been in holes and had to dig out and separated all season. I, I I'm very interested to see this kind of coaching matchup from that standpoint. I think that's totally fair. I think you're absolutely right. I, I think we, we can expect a low scoring second half. I mean, first half and then second half. Oh, like one of eight different ways. Um, TCU could explode and, and score against this defense. Michigan could explode against the TCU defense, or we could just be locked into a damn, you know, 10, seven brutal experience. Um, said i think this is a great transition parker because we need to talk about best case worst case we get to some listener predictions i'm going to save texas country lyric uh feelings before we get to our actual predictions but first parker do you want to do your best case worst case or do you want to get to our listeners uh our listeners predictions yes let's do let's do our best case worst case read our listeners and then do our predictions i love that um Oh, Arkansas 50 uh, triple overtime. Arkansas beat Kansas. Arkansas won. Yes, I didn't react. Yes, triple we're, overtime. We're I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're on. Um, I will, um, as we're doing this transition to our best case, worst case, I will say props to Texas Tech and Ole Miss for both wearing their home colors. Um, looks oh, I love that. Love it. Yeah. Um, shout out Hunter Cook, um, who I'm sure is very focused on Ole Miss right now. Okay. So we're doing our best case, worst case. We're going to listeners and then we're going to our predictions. So, Parker. Let's do worst case first because I'm I'm trying to be optimistic. I, I yeah. Well, and on New, Year, New Year's like Eve, that. yeah. New Year's Eve gives me heebie-jeebies. Um, I always make a lucky pot of jambalaya um, and spend it by myself. So I'm going to spend this entire game in my own uh, a, a torture chamber of my own making with my dog. Um, so one, one time I got a paper extended in a college class because we came in. It was like the week before uh, week before Halloween. Mm-hmm. And uh, College Parker was an angsty son of a gun, let me tell you. And still hadn't really shaken off that emo phase, if you will. But um, our, somebody in our class asked for an extension on a paper that was due the next Monday because it was the the Monday after Halloween was the rationale. Mm-hmm. And my professor said, no, Halloween's the worst holiday. I'm not going to encourage you celebrating it, whatever. And I said, no, New Year's Eve is the worst holiday because you have all these expectations for change, but you stay up and the clock ticks and then it's 1201 and you're the same damn person you were the day before. Um, and she looked at me and my professor was like, are you okay? I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. She got, okay, you guys can turn it in on Wednesday. Uh, well, Monday. there you go. Hey, you won. <laughs> Parker, your worst case uh, prediction for this game. My worst case prediction, uh, uh, my worst what case- my worst case for this game is that Michigan gets those uh, explosive runs in the first half and gets mm-hmm. like a two score lead early. Cause I don't know yep. that that's surmountable um, for, for a TCU offense in this game. I think that the positive game state is super important for TCU, or at least a neutral game state. If they get into a negative game state, Michigan could just lean on you. So if we go into the half down like 17 to nine, and Michigan can sort score three more times in the second half and just lean on TCU and 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 run away with this and, and eat the clock. So um my worst case is something in the realm of like 24 to 9, 24 to 24 to yeah, let's say 24 to 9. Cool, 29. I like that. I, I I think my there is if JJ McCarthy throws for three touchdowns, 
like we're ending this podcast, but I think that is a possibility. Um, so give me, I'll be a little, let's say 28, 13 Michigan, but, but I, I think if, if Michigan could throw the ball, this game's over from the jump. Um, so I, I think it would be the, is, is seeing like a Cornelius Johnson touchdown just be like, Oh shit. Like we're not winning this game. Yeah. This is, yeah. this is over. Um, I didn't get his name wrong. Did I Cornelius Johnson? Um, anyway. Um, yeah. If, if TCU lets JJ McCarthy have a career game, I think that's a different version of the worst case, but it still looks really bad. And they can still, again, same, same situation, big lead at halftime. Michigan goes into shutdown mode. They're running 13, 14 personnel and just, just absolutely leaning on TCU the second half. Yeah. Let's go to, uh, let's go to your best case. Um, I, I talked dirty to me, Parker. What are we doing here? How does TCU win this? TCU's best case looks a lot like the Illinois game. It really looks like a game where TCU limits the pass game, only 208 passing yards on 34 attempts. So that's 6.1 yards per attempt for Michigan. Um, They do lose a fumble. So TCU gets some luck with the turnovers there. Um, They hold Michigan to that, you know, four-ish yards per attempt range. And um, I believe the long run there, I'm going to make sure of this before I say this wrong. Um, their longest run was only 37 yards. So that's three things TCU needs for their best case scenario is no long run touchdowns, uh, a turnover luck, and they, they really frustrate the passing game. I think that plus TCU hits on a couple home runs and then they get in a positive game state. TCU absolutely has the dogs between uh, Kendra Miller and between Amari DeMarcado to be able to run a lot and run physically, put a couple tight ends there and, and really try to separate and, and run some clock out here. Um, I think that um, their best case scenario is just hit a couple home runs, frustrate the, frustrate the run game. And JG McCarthy just can't, just can't make connections. Yeah. Jamoy Hodge and Johnny Hodges can pen their ears back and just ruin JJ McCarthy's day. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think if, um, if TC is going to beat Michigan and if they are going to beat Michigan in a sound way, they have to make JJ McCarthy throw the ball. I, I, I he doesn't scare me. I, I think if TCU shuts down the running game, Dylan Horton's going to have a, a field day. Uh, if TC is going to win this game and sure Hodge and Hodges can join in, but making Michigan throw the ball, making McCarthy make decisions. Like you said, he doesn't scramble. So I, I think this game is going to be on the on the defensive end, and I think TCU has a good enough running game to kind of make up for um, anything the Michigan defense might throw at it. So it's going to be ugly, honestly. If I think if TCU wins, it's going to be like twenty to ten. It's not going to be very pretty. It's not going to be very fun, but it's it's going to be you know uh, edge of your seat type stuff. But twenty to ten, I think is the uh, is the best case scenario here. Parker, let's transition to some listener predictions. Does that work for you? Okay. Yeah, it's great. All right. All right. So I haven't pulled up. So this is go. all you because Twitter's still not letting me log in on my And that's fine. And I'm reading this on my computer. So we do not have the visual uh on my computer. Uh, I know. And we do not have the visual uh, you know, charisma that we normally have. But here we go. I will try to do it. We are doing this starting with you asked offensive MVP, defensive MVP, score prediction, and say one nice thing about Phoenix. We'll start with Chris McAdams at Chemical Alerts. Max Duggan has to shine on offense. Bud Clark's going to come up with a big INC. TCU 34-24. His mother wants him to go to a pipe organ-themed pizza joint in Mesa. Do they There's serve a lot of beer? things involved. I, if they do, then that sounds fun to me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. It's delightful. Uh, it's always weird. sunny. Uh, delightfully weird. It's always sunny in Fort Worth, front of the pod at GMFP. 25, 24 frogs. Sunny decides to go for two and win it. Brother, I will have a heart attack if that happens. Michael at Woodburgs, 28-27 TCU. Max Hodges had a taco in Phoenix that I think about every day. Now, here is what bothers me. He didn't give specifics on the taco. No, even after we followed up. And I then know. he tweeted at me again later. What the hell? I want to hear about uh, the it taco, was a fish. Woodbirds. It was a fish taco. Is it, that's what, And I love fish tacos. I, I want to know more about this taco. Yeah, we need more. We need more yeah. there. Enemy of the podcast, Mason Shireen, uh, Max and QJ, THT, 3130. Plenty of great resorts to hang out and play chess in. They have absurd chess boards in that city, according to Mason. Um, challenge me on chess.com, you coward. 
Evan Watson, uh, my former boss, uh, Kendra Miller, uh, Jamoy Hodge, 37-34. Uh, the Phoenix saved Harry from dying to a basilisk and also Arizona hiking. It's very fun. Uh, never hiked in Arizona, but Chamber read, Secrets. Read another book, you nerds. I don't care if you're Grant's former boss. Quit making Harry Potter a personality. Gavin Griffin at <laughs> these Gavin Griffin. UJ Trey 3128. He's won a fair amount of money playing poker in Phoenix and spring training is great. We will drop our Venmos later. Uh Melissa Treewasser, I'm not familiar with her, but she's at the coach Melissa. Um I, I don't know. Uh Tay Barber, Josh Newton, uh Michigan 33, TC 27. Melissa, I expected better from you. If we get the Tay surprising. Barber game in the playoff, I'm gonna lose my mind. I've been waiting for it all year. Toad Frog what that means, sorry, I'm, I'm no, lingering. Yeah, no, no, please, Melissa. please. What yeah, that yeah. means is that Michigan like doubles Quentin and they can't keep track of Tay Barber because I that's know. all the, the Max Duggan does not throw it to Tay Barber unless he is wide ass open, but he only throws it to Tay Barber when he is wide ass open because that's their like get out of jail free card. And if Tay Barber has the game, it means Michigan's defense is on skates, dude. Yeah, it, it is. Hey, 10, 10 yard curl, 10 yard curl, 10 yeah. yard curl. Tay Barber's open. I'm fine with that, honestly. Uh, Toad Frog 140, Darius Davis, Jamoy Hodge, 37 30 Frogs. The Diamondbacks have a cool stadium. Shout out Chase Field. Toad Hefe at D Duncan Soul. TCU has to get explosive plays or Michigan's efficiency out of 12 13 personnel will feast. Uh, he should just replace me on the podcast at this point. Uh, QJ, Jamoy, 28 27. Uh, Phoenix's endless pool opportunities. I don't know exactly if he means swimming or billiards, but either one sounds fun. I would uh, be willing to bet money that there is a swimming pool with a billiards table in it, a pool oh. and a pool in Phoenix, if you will. Have I told you about, uh, I haven't told you this. I played the best billiards game of my life the other day in New Braunfels, Texas. Um, I think I closed out the last five balls. Um, bike season and always sunny. Yeah. I mean, that's just notoriously terrible for, at pool. I admire that. I can't do that. That's yeah. just a fun fact for all the ladies listening. Um, Kendra, Shad Banks, hell yeah, brother. 34-24, Phoenix is where the Game 7 Suns massacre, according to Western Conference semis, and that was nice for me. I hated that game so much. Oh, well, if you're talking about the Mavericks game, that's great. If you're talking about the one where the Spurs bully the Suns into the scores table, that's a different thing. Um, Let's see, back-to-back Christmas trivia champ, Matt Peterson, uh, Jared Wiley, D. Winters, 30 to 28 frogs, but his head says 35, 21 Wolverines. It's a far better desert than Lubbock, buddy. Anything is Doug Andrews, friend of the podcast, uh, Riley, Garrett Riley calls a great unconventional game. Uh, Dean winters in full beast mode, 35, 17 Georgia takes notice and Phoenix is how the desert should be. Clint Foster, Michigan is overlooking TCU and the frogs make them pay 31, 28 max and Jamoy Hange and horned lizards are indigenous to Arizona. Brendan Held, oh, okay, that's a Michigan fan. That's fine. Hey, we we, we welcome all comers. JJ McCarthy, uh, Mike uh, Sanristil. I miss I'm mispronouncing that, Brendan, but I'm not doing it on purpose. 35, 31, Michigan, and he hears the air quality. It's pretty good. So there you go. Uh, Ray Cartwright, Miller time, Newton, 34, 33, last second, Griffin Kale field goal. Good golf courses around the area. That is true. It is on our list for my family golf trip coming up. Uh, let's see. Frog. If I'm not boy. mistaken, just to yeah, shout out that Michigan fan, uh, San Risto yeah. is the cornerback who should match up on Quentin Johnston. So if he's yes. the MVP, it means he had a good day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it, I, I know his name. I just can't pronounce it. That's so that was, all that was, I, all, all that I say, that was no. pressing. That was, that was a good yes. pull. No, that's... Like if he has an MVP game for Michigan, TC's going to lose. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, frog lover boy, Riley feats QJ he has a career game. So if San Risto, that's, your matchup there. Mark Perry dominates and leads both teams in tackles. Brother, I'm there for that. Uh, Frogs win 30 to 27. Sports betting is legal there, which I wouldn't be bankrupt if that was true. Uh, and Andy Swain, QJ, uh, THT and Fig and man coverage 30 to 28. Oh, I, I will say uh, QJ had to manage on plays inside the 30. Um, I love that metric. Four point plays. Interesting. Um, I'm into that. So, yeah. Um, Phoenix is all four major sports, um, plus host the Cactus League for spring training, which is cool. 
Uh, diminished gluteal syndrome, hell of a name. At Hank has DGS. Washington winters, TC twenty eight, Michigan twenty four. It's not too hot this time of year. Um, I assume that's true. Sam Thomas at Sam two. Max THD two thousand and nothing. And Phoenix is named after Dumbledore's bird. But he, uh, the Phoenix is not only Dumbledore's bird. Read another book. I should have saved it for that. Read another book, you nerd. <laughs> Susan Tay Barber D winters twenty one seventeen. Great uh, food and shopping. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't been to Phoenix. I've actually heard it's a, a really nice town. Uh, my grandma used to live there. Okay, Parker. We're going to do predictions. We're going to do score predictions. But first, I want to hear, do you have a Texas country lyric or country music lyric in general prepared for this game? What sums up your feelings? I have to think about this because you asked me about this earlier and I thought I had it and I don't know. I don't know that I have one right at this moment. Tell me yours. That's You're going to tell me yours. You have one. I'm sure you have one queued up. This is like back to I have roots. One. We haven't done this in a while. I know. And I'm I have my one. game. I have one and I think I've used it before. Um, it's from a band you and I both know. It's Lucero. It's Raising Hell. Um, here I am again. Don't know if I'm right, but I can tell you that I'm having fun. So I'll give it one more shot because this race, it ain't quite run. I hit the ground and run. I like it. I'm into it. There I go. think it's uh I think it's there. Um I won't even try and pull something out of my behind uh here just because I hadn't I hadn't settled on one. I'm gonna go I with gave that. you an hour. Sarah. You did, you did, and I squandered it. I just uh, you know, uh, a penny All saved right. is a penny earned, Grant. <laughs> I've been right. in my let's, stand-up let's... routine that I've written down. It's like uh, bad aphorisms, like when they don't apply. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> We're back with the Purple Theory Podcast with uh, Mitch Hedberg. Uh, Parker, let's Somebody asked me if I wanted a frozen banana. And I said no, but then I wanted a regular banana later. So I said yes. <laughs> An elevator can never break and it can only become stairs. I said that to my realtor like a hundred times. He probably thinks I'm a huge nerd. We were buying a house. So I was like... Uh, who who's to tell me that this how many bedrooms this house has this bedroom has a garage door this bedroom has a kitchen sink he didn't think it was as funny <laughs> as it. i did um parker it is time to be sober and do our predictions okay let's be realistic i mean i'm gonna be the i'm gonna be the downer so you can choose whether to go first or second, no you go but... first you go first tell me tell me what happens during this game okay um I think that what I have said everywhere so far, and I'm going on a Michigan, another Michigan podcast tomorrow night. I've been on one Michigan podcast. I've been on another podcast. I've been on BetUS show and everything. I think that Michigan how much time in those, this, how much time of this podcast was spent talking about naval battles during World War II? Um, never, never. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was. Uh, you know, the the maybe tomorrow night. Maybe I'll also bring it up. Some nah, random yeah. ass Michigan stuff. Um. But I will say, um, I, I, I've said that that Michigan's going to win this game, but there's going to be a drive in the fourth quarter where Jim Harbaugh looks uncomfortable. I don't think TCU's going to roll over. I think TCU might even score a garbage touchdown. I'm going to go 31-27, Michigan. That high score, huh? Okay. Okay. Screw it, man. 24-20 TCU. I like it. I want to do that. I screw just it. Screw it. I don't, I don't care. So. I am too. I'm. I'm going to have a heart attack on my couch while I watch this game. Screw it. I don't, I don't care. Twenty four twenty. I'll pick us to lose against Georgia the next time around. But screw it. Twenty four twenty TCU. Locking in. Don't Our care. second to last preview podcast of the uh, of the of season, the, uh, man. Of the season man. About it. Yeah. We will wait. be back on Sunday. Um, yes, that's correct. I think, regardless of what happens to instant react after we've processed our emotions and seen what happens. But um, yeah, you're, you're not, you're not going out to Phoenix. I'm not. No. Yeah. And you're I'm not. Also not. Yeah, given, yeah. given that the, uh, given what the flights and stuff are doing, man, I'm glad I'm not relying cool. on that. Like certainly I want to be at the game, but um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if this friend is a listener of this podcast. And so I won't say his name because I don't want to embarrass him, but he'll know who he is. And, and I'm sure he'll reach out if he says this, but I didn't go my freshman year when TCU played Boise in the Fiesta Bowl. Mm -hmm. um, because one, I was protesting because it's stupid that they put us there against the, another, you know, non-AQ team, whatever. 
Um, and two, it was Christmas first year, you know, when I just went home and watched it, watched the game by myself. It was it's terrible. But I had a couple of friends go and all of them just completely ruined their lives going out to Phoenix and just went out there and got completely drunk. And I have a friend who um, did, went to the Fiesta Bowl, hates that stadium because he was being a little disorderly and he got put in a holding cell underneath the bleachers like for the game. And so he could like hear the crowd and like this whistles and the announcers and everything, but he was just like stuck in this room um, drinking water and told to got a little, got a little citation. So uh, be smart this weekend, be with your friends and uh, don't get put in a little holding cell underneath the, uh, underneath the stadium. So you can't watch the game. You know, I almost got thrown into a brig on a cruise ship at one point, And I, I, I can tell you, the key, folks, if you're going to the Fiesta Bowl, is to just look the person in the eye and say, hey, I'm going to leave right now. And you won't get thrown into the brig. It works pretty yeah. well. Parker. Yep. Just turn around and walk away. This has been the Purple Theory Podcast. My name is Grant McGowan. You can find me on Twitter at Grant McGowan. It's spelled like it sounds with all those vowels. He is Parker Fleming. He is at Statsamore on Twitter. He has been working his ass off uh with sumer sports with the uh bet us show uh which aired tuesday and wednesday on youtube you can find it there um we will be back on sunday like parker said by hook or by crook rain or shine rain or shine uh happy holidays i hope you all had a very merry christmas and a very happy new year to you all parker for the second to last time this season go frogs go frogs 